Welcome to the Squirt to Stab podcast with Tony and Pat. Hello, coming to you live from the cloud. The cloud? The Your thing? cloud? We're in the, we're, no, we're both in the cloud right now. Oh, I'm right? not at any cloud. No, we're in the cloud, trust me. I'm in my basement where my <laughs> wife stuffed me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like a sausage. Yeah, kind of. And uh, yeah. we still have the worst intro music. Of any podcast that I know. Oh, of. dude, it's but, great, man! I remember when I first heard it. I knew. I said, "That's the one." I thought you were excited about it too, but maybe we just no, no. I think we need to come up with something better. Well, I still need to get with um, the last troubadour. I don't know, uh, Bernie. He's they're too popular for us now. So I'm gonna try to, you know. I feel like I just hate asking for stuff. You know, like, hey, uh, uh did you give us uh, some? You music, know what, uh, you know, like he, he offered to do it, but I just want to say to him, you know, play something, play something tragic, <laughs> you know, just like uh, Auntie M and Beyond Thunderdome. Yeah, yeah. So uh, cool, we've been man. on a little bit of a hiatus. It was the holidays, and then uh, you know, getting back to work, things were hectic. So our first show of 2021. Yes. Um, and there is a lot we can actually talk about, but I, I just. Tw- 2021 i'm all about peace and love and heck yeah just getting along man so even yeah. told my even told my wife i was going to start trying to meditate and uh nice just, dude yeah just trying to live healthier um unfortunately going to the as a taco bell today dude i was seriously so pat sent this text to me and some other buddies about basically new year's <laughs> resolutions and eating taco bell and being fat I was in the Taco Bell drive-thru when I opened up that text. And I was just like, you got to be kidding me. I mean, who I actually, wasn't in a drive-thru at Taco Bell at that no. time? I mean, if, if I would have thought about it a little bit sooner, I should have just taken a picture of the guy handing me the food in the drive-up. Right. Uh, let's be let's be honest, though. First of all, were you the one I had a discussion about why it's tragic that the Mexican pizza is gone? No, I was I was in another text thread with my West Coast buddies, and this yeah. guy's like, "Dude, no one's getting Mexican pizzas." I'm like, uh, "And it started a war." Yeah. I'm like, "Mexican pizza to me is like, yeah, that's a luxury the item." There, it's like if I really want to get crazy, I'm I'm getting a Mexican pizza. I will say this though: the chicken quesadilla is bomb. I See, like I get it. The steak quesadilla. My really? typical order. Yeah, my t- this was my typical order. Okay, um, it was three taco supremes. A Mexican pizza and a steak quesadilla. That's how fat I am. That that's was a strong my, move. Yeah, that's my and you know and I feel when I get Taco Bell, I feel like I'm slumming it, um, <laughs> especially where I do where I work. It's like some of the best burritos in Illinois. Yeah, dude. But, like, what's going on with you, man? I'm yeah. so ashamed of you. Just sometimes you feel dirty and you got to do it, man. What's the place we used to go to over there off State Street that was awesome? Is it still around? Uh, yes, it is. But actually, they're bigger now, and they, it was uh, El Pariso. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah. They uh, actually expanded and are a little bit bigger. But yeah, this is this is it's good. interesting because, and maybe this is all serendipitous because I did this list about tacos versus euros, Pat. Yeah, well, I don't even. So I'm in. See, I'm in Cincinnati, right? Yeah. So going to Taco Bell isn't as bad. I mean, the other day, um, I told you I, I jumped off the vegan rat wagon for a little while. It was supposed to be for holidays. It kind of went a little longer. Um, and I did have a chicken burrito from Chipotle, which I used to be very. I want to say I was anti Chipotle, but it's like, why get Chipotle when I can get a something you know? Yeah. Of more authentic, I don't know. And it was so good. The burrito was so good. And by the way, they have, um, what is that barbecue called? The brisket. They have brisket there. Yeah. But I had it. Uh, it was good. But I'm here in Cincinnati. The Mexican food is very good here. But it's not like Chicago where they had all those burrito places because Chicago has the best burrito places, in my opinion. But yes, gyros in Chicago, you could also get great gyros almost yeah. any place in Chicago. Here in Cincinnati, we don't have that, man. You might have to go to a, like a Greek place, like thirty minutes away, and then you get disappointed because their tzatziki sauce isn't good enough. They don't know what the heck a gyro is, or at least how I know it. So then, the best gyro I get in Cincinnati is at Arby's, <laughs> which, by the I've, way, is not bad. It's not actually bad. They have run deals, or at least they were the two for five deal with the euros. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but uh, I I think food's important. So uh, you know, I definitely want to make this a segment of food versus food. Yes. Yeah, because you know I'm fat. Um, but I picked right. tacos and gyros today because I eat so many tacos. But gyros is a Greek food, and I wanted to talk about Wonder Woman a little bit later. Right. Right. You right. Know, daughter of a Greek god. So. Yeah, that's um, good. I like it. I like it where your head's yeah, at. So. Um. Well, isn't gyro just a Greek taco? Well, I think a taco is a Mexican gyro. Ooh. Right. Touche. I would think. So, Could, but what, yeah. what what is better in your opinion? This is a tough one, dude. Like right now, I would kill for a good gyro. Like, yeah. I remember Chiggy's had good gyros. Oh, if I remember dude, correctly. Yeah, I used to go to Chiggy's all the time when it worked out that way, man. Yes, they had great. But any place in Chicago, I just feel like I took advantage when I I didn't take advantage of Chicago. I totally did not appreciate the Chicago food until I was gone. And it's like it's gone. So I would, I really want a gyro right now, but dude, tacos are so good. Like if this were yeah. burritos versus gyros, which I don't know, man. I'm gonna have to. Here's the thing: tacos are not as one dimensional as a gyro, because as soon as you don't, you yeah, get away true. from the, the beef lamb, like hybrid meat, whatever it is, off the cone, which is the only way to have a great gyro. I did have a gyro once where they actually used real lamb once, and it was awesome. Yeah, but that's not but what, typical. Yeah, yeah, but when people start calling like chicken a chicken gyro and all this, I'm like, this isn't. Can you call this a gyro? Gyro, you have to have that meat. Well, you have I, to have good cucumbers. That's cucumber tzatziki sauce has got. That's what, in my opinion, makes it have the sliced tomato. I don't like having shredded lettuce all over this damn thing. Yeah, but I like the onions too. The, the onions tomato, are yes. Onions sauce, that meat. Put it in there. Yeah, it's it's so savory. Yep. That's me. That's what I like. So if I had to be specific on one certain kind of taco and one certain kind of like year, the one way a gyro is supposed to come, I might, I might, I might go with gyro, man. Well, just think of it. I'm thinking of it this way. I put the best taco I ever had in front of me and the best gyro I ever oh. had in front of me. I think I'm going gyro also. Yeah, I but, think I think I am. Yeah. And I've had some good tacos. There's a place here in Cincinnati. I wish I had to write the name for it because I could plug it. They make their own homemade corn tortillas for tacos and their carnita. It's a, it's like a pork with, I think, a pineapple slice in it. And was it called carnitas? Well, the carnitas is, yeah, it's a type yeah, of pork. You, uh, carnitas usually, is excellent, yeah. Usually, I'm a steak guy when it comes to that. Maybe a chicken once in a while if I want to switch it up. But their carnitas is so great. And they have all these different hot sauces. And it's like a whole new all place so you know you're in the right place. It's so good, man. So one of their tacos, I would have to say that's one of the best tacos I've ever had, actually. Yeah. Now, as far as burritos, there's still some good burritos here. But the best burrito I've had have been, I don't know, man. El Preso is has got to be up there, man. That has to be maybe my favorite. But maybe it's because the uh, nostalgia behind it when we used to go there at like three in the morning That's and true. get the jaritos and get the fries because their fries were, everything there was yeah, good. Everything was, it was like three ninety nine burrito fries and pop. Yeah. So but, I don't uh, know, man, I have, I'm thinking I I'm leaning toward there, Europe, but I, there's this one thing I want to say when people talk about chicken on either a gyro or a taco, I think you've just given up on life. <laughs> well, so, you have, or you're, so. you're thinking about your life because sometimes it's, I think you're like, well, I want to live longer, but you know what steak I think is gets, gets a bad rap because you can have lean steak. And in fact, I believe they use tri-tip for the meat, which is, I think I believe is, well, you know what? It's, what what episode we can have a whole discussion about the truth about saturated fat. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what we should do is have this show while we're eating gyros and tacos. That's the only way to go, I, man. I literally want to have shows where our show. Well, we don't even have to talk about let's say Doritos, but during the whole show we're crunching on Doritos the entire time. Or we're like, hey, we have a taste <laughs> test because you're over there. Like, okay, we're gonna test out chicken sandwiches. I got Chick Fil A spicy Chick Fil A sandwich. I got a chick, uh, chicken sandwich from Wendy's, Burger King, whatever, and then we just talk about it as we as we eat, and let's let just make it gluttonous. Again, yeah, though, I've I've turned healthy. Doesn't mean I can't eat meat, but eating Dude, fried food is maybe you not have good for you me. have to look at your eating this way, right? Because growing up uh, in Chicago for a good portion of your life, me growing up around there, 
It's like that scene in RoboCop 2 where the bad guy is like, you know, just like Jesus, I don't blame you, you know? That's how I feel. <laughs> how can we how we can we blame you, you know anybody when living in this year with the food so good? Yeah, you know, well, it's hard. I want we should have like first of all uh, one of our shows I foresee in the summertime which should be fine and dandy to have cuz we know everything the world's being saved by the vaccine or whatever. We have our gut championship on the air while we're eating barbecue, while we're having suds and having buds. I don't yeah. know what that is, but then we can like kind of like have a, a jubilant discussion while we eat all the great Chicago foods, Chicago style pizza, both the thin crust and the the and the deep dish, which that's a whole discussion in itself. Yeah. Because as you go away, you start realizing most people in Chicago don't eat deep dish pizza. They typically eat the thin crust. That's you don't ever go say, "Hey, we're going to order pizza." No one's ever talking about a deep dish pizza. Well, but, I said a deep dish pizza. You know, Sunday watching the Bears lose. God, I'm so jealous. Where'd you get it from? Um, it was a place in Elburn called uh, Paisanos. I was over at my brother-in-law's house. I think you've, I've heard you talk about that place yeah. before. In fact, I think I've had Paisanos at your house a couple times. They it do thin have. crust, right? They do every type. Yeah, was that good. was good. Every I don't think there's a bad pizza. Pl- bad pizza I've had. Now I will get I will get controversial, like Blues Brothers pizza, things like that, where it's like all cheese. I know a lot of people liked it because you could just get like literally the cheese would be five times the thickness of the crust. I remember eating it, and even as a kid, going, "This isn't right." <laughs> do you remember Blues Brothers Pizza over yeah, there? I like, do. yeah. Um, but everything else, like especially when you get out into like the West Burbs, like uh, my sister lives out in like uh, South Elgin, or she did. Uh, she lives in Bartlett now. Well, even at Bartlett, there's a place that's called White Palace or White Cottage. It's the White best Cottage. pizza on a planet. Yeah, dude, we that, got th- we got that at New Year's. It's yeah. so good, dude. I was like, it's this thing. I'm, awesome. I looked at. I'm like, yep. what is this? It's because my go-to is Rosati's. They had a Rosati's in Vegas when I lived in in Vegas, yeah. but not every Rosati's has those little pizza puff things. Remember the like miniature yeah, calzones? Ha- yeah, Hanover Park has them. I don't even know if that Rosati's is still there. Really? But, uh, oh, yeah. dude, that but, was so. Uh, uh, Rosati's dude, is good everywhere, though. I yeah, need to have one in Cincinnati. Yeah, no, dude. White Cottage is the best pizza around. Yeah, in fact, at work when we order pizza, we get it from White Cottage. Yeah, that place is is great, dude. And I don't know if it's the cheese. It's everything. The sauce is good. The pizza quality of the crust is good. And their cheese blend is ridiculous. Yeah. Do you know we've been talking about food for like 10 minutes straight? Yeah. You know what? And then I think we didn't even get into like talking, plugging our uh, Squirt to Stab Facebook page, our email. Uh, We have a great guest today, guys. I've been so excited. We've been talking about this guest for a couple months. He's an author. We're going to be getting to uh, Scott Morales. Uh, who wrote a a a, a book uh, which we'll get into? It's it's going to be an awesome interview. But yeah, let let's uh, should we start over again or should we go back to music or do you want me, I can I can do the music like I don't even know how it goes. You want me to do the music again? Let's do the, the music. Worst, let's like let's the, the, start the it worst, over again. The worst music in the uh, podcast. <laughs> oh yeah. Welcome. The Squirt to Stab, where we start yeah. the show. Email yeah. us at squirt to stab <laughs> at gmail.com. Go to our website. Pat has a Facebook, I believe, for us. Yes, go to but Squirt to Stab. We're going to be kicked off of that because they're kicking at, off people. Well, who's kicking off people? Isn't like Facebook and Twitter just kicking people off? Well, if you're an asshole. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I've yeah, actually, they, no, you, you I've can't listened. post. Yeah, if you post certain things. They, they may, I guess, I don't know. It, it's a difference, I guess. I, I'm a big free speech guy, so I don't even really want to get into it. But um, some of these people getting kicked off and stuff. I've listened to their shows. They don't. Mm-hmm. They just have a differing opinion. Really? So other people have shows. Their shows are getting kicked off of Facebook. Well, the, well, not shows of people, um, but a lot on Twitter though. So. Yeah, Twitter. I, that yeah. Twitter, I don't understand because. Twitter is a shit show anyway, yeah. but it's at squirt to stab. Um, I think a lot of people are anti Facebook and social media these days, but I don't well, know. Man. I, 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 I have faith in people. I think everyone's going to figure this out, whatever it is, man. I just think that, you know, where are you going to draw the line? Right. Um, yeah. Like Ohio just passed a law where you can shoot and ask questions later. 
So basically, if you feel threatened, you can shoot and kill someone. Yeah, there's then a you, lot you of answer like that. Yeah, well, it's freaking scary, man, because yeah, it's like scary. there's I a lot. Of, I think there's a lot of times during the day someone would love to shoot me. Yeah. You know, like I'm like, hey, I'm not I'm not going to I don't need you know what? But that's the thing I'm learning. Like, I don't need to be mad when I'm driving. I don't need to be all this stuff. Just I'm going to keep to myself, man. Shut up. I'm going to go home, take care of my family. Right. And that's I what just, I'm gonna I just want to eat. Right. I'm kidding. No. Well, and I also I, I wasn't referring to any single person. When I, I know uh, there is someone who has been kicked off Facebook that everyone, a lot of people know of. Yeah. Uh, my comment was more just trying to be funny. So I feel don't like ap- I should dude, explain don't apologize. That. <laughs> never, never, never apologize. For oh. speech. <laughs> that was kind of a joke, but yeah, yeah but it, I think. Still, for, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just on. saying. So, um, man, we did talk about food for a long time. It was because it's um, good. Who doesn't yeah, want to no. talk about food? But do, I mean, do, do uh, do you want to talk about Wonder Woman at all? Because we, yeah, talk I do. About I movies. feel like it's time. I feel like people have got to have seen it by now. I mean, all you had to do so is get HBO. We are Max. gonna do spoilers for Wonder Woman. Yeah. So you know what? Cl- <laughs> first off, I want to say, don't worry about the spoilers because over ninety percent of you who are gonna start watching the movie are gonna turn it off anyway. <laughs> well, um, I want to get into that too, though. About the beginning. So I don't which even remember begin- which part. Which beginning? The first beginning or the second beginning? Well, first of all, the beginning with the with the with the with the uh like competition, it yeah. started off pretty cool. Yeah. But the thing that pisses me off is she's like this super badass and she gets knocked down by a tree branch. Damn, and then like, like the cheat and then I mean that part was fine, really. I don't even think about that. But I that, tell like, my son is sitting right here. Hey, how come you didn't pick up the fact that Wonder Woman was knocked down by a tree branch? Uh, see, he disliked the movie so much he doesn't even remember. I don't blame. But here's and here's the thing, though. So I'm like, okay. Then it goes into this. First of all, I like movies that have the the the. I grew. We grew up. We do. We went to school in the '80s. You know, I was born in the '70s. We had the '80s, and anytime these shows come out where it has something to do with the '80s, I love them. Like uh, the show. What's the show about the kid? Stranger Things. I feel like movies in the 80s have a good feeling. When I switch, when I watch an E.T., I love the feeling, man. You don't have to have your cell phone in front of your face all the time. They're in there. The kids are smoking cigarettes, eating pizzas. You know, they they don't they have their they don't have a, a con, an open concept house. Yeah, there's you know, always a there's always a Playboy under the bed. Yeah, I mean they're that sitting there. It, the it makes me feel good. It makes me feel like yeah. shit. Everything I know now, I could go back there and. And kill it. <laughs> I yeah. mean, but the, 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 but now they 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 made a joke of the eighties almost in this dude, movie. There, it was Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, and there wasn't one Van Halen song. Dude, yeah, why? I didn't even. How did I not even think it? Because I was so, I, I was watching with my dad, and my and we were just like, and everyone was kind of like at the show. My I remember it was me, and my wife, my dad, and my and my stepmom, and. My wife said, well, the show goes ends, and I'm just watching the credits, just kind of staring. And I'm like the one at an angle where I don't see everyone else kind of behind me a little bit. And I hear my wife go, so what'd you think? And I hadn't had even a chance to process, but I knew the feeling I had inside me wasn't all that good. Because first of all, I'll say that Wonder Woman is one of my favorite superhero movies ever, at least top 10. And there's a lot of good movies in there. And I would almost argue sometimes it could be my one of my top five. But I remember, and then I'm watching this, and I look back, I'm like, yeah, it was, you know, I, I'm not trying to ruin, ruin Christmas at this point. Like, I don't want to say something, you know, totally negative. And then my dad said, that movie sucked. Or he's like, yeah, I don't know. And then, yeah, everyone started kind of then shooting off with pure honesty. Like, yeah, that was a mistake. Like, what was this? And I, we didn't even, so the, you, you hit it on the head. We talked about, you said the, the bookends weren't good. Yeah, and that's the, the, like the most important yeah. parts of the movie. Yeah, that the first third was horrible. The second third was kind of dragged me in a little, and then the yeah. last third was like, you gotta be kidding! As me. soon as she turned into the full cat, yeah, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, what is going on? Like, how come people are so afraid to have a villain in the movie these days? I like this guy know. turned into ever. We all know. We all learned to want to hate him, right? Like he came from nothing. Is he's a con man? His his son ends up hearing him while he's on the rise about how he doesn't want the son around. It's sad. Blah blah blah. This guy's a villain. But then there's redemption. Like who are we supposed to hate? 
You know what? Like, yeah. what? What is this? Like, oh, he's going back. You know, you know what? Life isn't about being able to say, "Never mind, I didn't mean to kill that guy," or "I didn't mean to get drunk and run over ten people," or "I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mean to," you know, spend yeah, all my money at the casino. It's like, <laughs> no, dude, you live with your consequence of your actions. That was kind of the vibe at the end. All you got to do, no matter what you did in life, just like, oh, sorry. I do believe that everyone... I like any movie where there's redemption, though. Like, I watched this movie called The Professor and the Madman recently that with Mel Gibson and Sean Penn. It's based on a true story about the guy in England who first wrote the Oxford Dictionary or started it. And it's pretty fascinating. Some parts of the movie are like, what the hell? Like, it's almost like too much stuff. But, I mean, Sean Penn, obviously, he's a great actor, right? Um, and... Mel Gibson, dude, we had a great. Oh, it was it was such an interesting movie, but it was about the guy, the madman who did something almost unforgivable, who gets redemption. That that's a different story because he, but he's like taking accountability of what he did, right? Even yeah. though he's crazy, this is like you're allowed to just go nuts. You basically destroyed the world. Oh, I I what did what do you have to say? I rescind my wish or something. something i don't know come on dude and then I, you're in the park point. okay now here's my question who who's cleaning up because you know what the mess didn't disappear like who what's happening now did that prince in in uh the middle <laughs> east get his country yeah. back like he should he should have ran to somebody found somebody he said wish for all this to be cleaned up <laughs> yeah like just, yeah let's know. wait one more wish um I don't let's know. uh do fix something i don't know man so but yeah i thought at the very end, when they showed the old Wonder Woman, I felt bad for that lady because, like, that was cool that they paid homage to the TV show, uh, to, what's her name? Um, Linda Carter. Linda Carter. But it's like, God, sorry you had to be seen be a, in this. Yeah, be a part of this. Um, you know, it's funny you talk about redemption because one day I do, even though I love Star Wars, I do want to have an episode where we focus on how I can't stand now being a father the redemption of uh, both Anakin and uh, Ben Solo, but that's a whole different show. Two, uh, Ben Solo. I, yeah, Anakin and Ben Solo. There was like redemption oh yeah of ben Solo. okay the yeah I forgot he was a Solo Jesus Christ. yeah was he ever anyway, referred to as Ben Solo? No, he's Kylo Ren, but okay. he was Ben at the end, you know, because they had it. right. Anyway, um, yeah. My <laughs> second thing is, and I uh, I don't know if I mentioned this. I know why, and this is the problem with the DCEU, why they had to make this movie take place in the past. And they probably chose 1984 just because it sounded cool. Do you know why? You know what DC's problem is? Oh, dude. I I mean, where do you want me to start? It's Superman. It's Superman. Because if Superman was in this movie, he would have taken care of all this in like 20 seconds. And, yeah, it's like and, the cell phone and, theory you have yeah. about cell phones and, and movies. Yeah, well, cell phones and sitcoms. Or sitcoms. Actually, the cell phone and sitcom thing is not my theory. I heard someone talking about it once. Oh. But um, and for those of you that don't know, um, they say why sitcoms aren't as good is because all the good shows from the 80s, the problem of the episode could have been solved with a cell phone. But well, anyway. Wait, wait, wait. But what, what does it have to do with Superman? Superman came to Earth, like, supposedly in the... Like before World War or after World no, War Two or something, right? No, no. In the DCU, remember, Superman's only like 30 years old or something like that, 34, 35. So he would have been too young to even deal with that in 1984. The so, DCU? Wait, wait, how old would he have been? I don't know, but I'm saying... the he new lived in DC, Smallville still? Yeah, like, yeah. He would be in Smallville, probably a small child in 1984. Well, that would have been a way more interesting movie, watching him yes. oh, beat people doubt. up or be strong little infant. But that's, that is the problem DC, the DC Universe is going to have with movies. You have a character that is so overpowered, even every time he's on the screen struggling with something, it's like, no, he's not. Just stop it. You know. Well, that's why Justice League doesn't work, and that's why they had to kill him, and that's why they have to make him evil. And that's why yeah. I still want to see a Bizarro movie. They should just make a movie called Bizarro. I bet you it would be the greatest. If you have the guy that just just have someone that knows how, have Christopher Nolan do Bizarro. I don't know if everyone likes Christopher Nolan. I think he was, I think those Batman I like movies, him. I watched those Batman movies again with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Christian Bale. Yeah. And and he was, he was a great Batman and those movies were the 
were badass. They were great, especially the first two. Were so good. Yeah, I, I just think why did you like? And they were gonna make a fourth one, but Christopher Nolan and Christian Bale both agreed that it would have been like disrespectful well, to just do it for just the money part well, because like only, we're done. Not only that, I I think Nolan was good friends with Heath Ledger, and then after Heath kind of died, it really took a lot of wind out of his sails for that well, uh, franchise. Last one. Well, because well, was he supposed to have a big role in the second Dark Knight? Supposedly he was. I don't, Damn, I mean, that sucks. I don't but then how about Batman, though? Like that kid, or Robin, the guy that played Robin, the guy from the third rock or whatever, the kid. Oh, that guy, remember? Yeah. I watched it recently, and I'm like, dude, that because that was he would have been a great... Of course, the only thing I don't like about it is I think that's the one area they went away from the actual Robin story. Because that's not... If I remember correctly, the very little I know about Batman was one of the few comic books I kind of did know about. Robin came from... And maybe they could have explained it, but he came from a circus performers, right? Yeah, yeah. There was a movie that actually did show it, but it was so stupid the way they did it. Yeah, it was bad. It, it was Batman Forever. Oh, Batman Forever wasn't that bad. It was Batman and Robin that ruined everything. They, it just got pretty quirky though. Like even with the Riddler and Iceman. I mean, when you look back, it's kind of cool. But the very first Batman with Jack Nicholson was great. And that's the other thing. And this might be a whole other show is talking about comparing who was the better Joker. Heath Ledger or Jack Nicholson? That is a tough one. Because I think they were both great. I think they both in their own right. But then he, what's his name? Jared Leto was he, Jared yeah. Leto. He's the he's the new uh, Joker, right? Yes. And and here's the thing. I do think the movie Joker was awesome with Walking Phoenix, but I don't consider it a true DC. Well, I don't even think it really was. I think they had the rights to it, the studio, but. I don't think you can count him as a Joker because the movie was just about him. So obviously, Walking Phoenix, I mean, he deservingly won the Oscar for that. I mean, the way he contorted his body and all the things he did, he that movie could have been made about any other crazy person other than the Joker. And it was wild. Now, did you watch the Joker? Or oh, Joker? yeah. Um, and I'm going to be honest with you, I only liked it. At the end, when he's on the talk show, the rest of it to me was kind of boring. Oh, when he killed De Niro? Yeah. Oh, uh, there was a spoiler, too. Yeah, we might want to put spoiler <laughs> all over this thing. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, so, but yeah, so, yeah, but yeah, we, I guess we got Wonder Woman out of our, our system. I can, here's the thing. I love the actress that plays Wonder Woman. She truly looks like what I would imagine what Wonder Woman would be. I agree. I think this, the whole storyline still with all the Amazon women everything it was good the other thing i didn't like was how they brought back the dude from the dead yeah that's what i was gonna say why couldn't he just i mean the stone make other things just appear why didn't he just appear yeah right but they changed that one guy and then he sees him and it was a little quirky i mean i feel like they could have made it better i think the storyline wasn't terrible in fact i was drawn in by the power of that stone i did start getting drawn in and thought this is I was waiting for Cheetah to turn into Cheetah. And it was it was cool. I thought she was a good selection for the role. I even think she played good when she turned into a complete jerk. You know, like she was really becoming the character. Like I thought she did well, but then the whole thing with the transition, I was expecting more and less at the same time, if you know what I mean. But the whole Cheetah thing, it's like, come on. I, I was waiting for something like if someone would have said she actually turned into a Cheetah, I, it would have made me feel kind of like, well, that would be cool, but and then they, like it didn't even wasn't even a fight at the end. He like oh, drowns yeah, her. Like what? Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. So yeah. Well, it is what it is. The movie it needed a, another rewrite on the script, but you know, whatever. they probably tried to. I don't even know if they filmed this before. Maybe they had to do changes because maybe they were filming before the pandemic. Yeah. It's like because I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen next, but. Talking about, like, uh, we were talking about Star Wars again. I don't like going back and forth so much, but you talked about Anakin. Yeah. They are supposedly doing a show about Obi with Obi-Wan. And it's yeah, going to be, what's it? And it's going to be, what's it? Uh, what, what's McGregor, his name? Right? Ewan McGregor. And they're bringing back the, the guy to play Anakin, Christian. Uh, but he's he's going to be Darth Vader. So who, what does it matter who plays him? That's that's a good point. Well, maybe he won't play him. But yeah, I, he, either, either way. I think that'll be cool. The Boba Fett thing is going to be cool. I thought Mandalorian is probably the last two episodes of Mandalorian. If you guys haven't seen it, it's probably the best two episodes of anything I've ever seen. 
Um, I can't. When there is, there is another scene because I kept thinking, how are they gonna do another Mandalorian? Yeah. I mean, the whole show seemed like he was protecting the kid, Gro- Groku, right? But now they're they're saying that at the end of the year they're gonna start filming again, or there's gonna be a release of season three. I don't know. I would love to see keep seeing like Luke Skywalker in that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Another spoiler. another spoiler. Yeah, but you know what? If you haven't seen it yet, then. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, that's how I kind of feel. You know, maybe instead of keep spoiling things, you don't want to spoil uh, the book. Yeah. Sp- yeah. That, oh, uh, yeah. So that. I haven't yet. So, yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about your week um, because by the time we do another show, you may have pissed off your wife. Oh, yeah, because I told you I didn't uh, <laughs> piss off my wife in the past week. Mm-hmm. Um, I found the secret to not getting your wife angry. Disappear? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say avoid her. Really? Yeah, that's all I've been doing. I see her coming down the stairs. Uh, I go to another room. If I'm upstairs, her coming up. I go into the bathroom. <laughs> I sneak into the basement. I just avoid her, dude. I've had no yeah. trouble the past week. It's amazing. Well, good job, man. Good for yeah. you. Now, you, yeah. So, well, good. I'm glad to hear things are going well in the home front. Yeah. Um, wish the family hello. Tell them I said hi. I'm sure they'll all be excited that I said hi. Yeah. <laughs> you ever said, any, if anyone's ever said, hey, tell your wife hi, have you ever actually told you, hey, um, unless you're on the phone next to her, then yeah, it's like, um, hey, uh, Eric says hi, by the way. Or Tony no, says, hey. I, I, will, I'll, I will. I'll tell her. Yeah. Well, well you're a good guy. That's probably yeah. why. But I think, I mean, I she, like, never, hey, t- she never tells me anyone said hi to me, but according to her, everyone hates me. So. <laughs> Who? Who hates you? I don't know. That's what I ask her. I'm like, who hates me? She's like, everyone. I'm like, okay. <laughs> she can't be serious. Maybe. You can say Pat. Think... You can say Pat likes me. Yeah. Tony or uh, Steve and Eric like me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even if you, Steve can like you, anyone can like you. Yeah, dude. that is true. I don't think the neighbors like me, though, but I don't like the neighbors. And when I'm outside and I'll say something, she's like, the neighbors are around. I'll yell. I don't care about the neighbors. So <laughs> I really don't. But I'm one of those people. It's like I don't want to. I, I don't care. I don't yeah. care if my neighbor likes me. I really. I don't. Well, I mean, at least you tell the truth. It, I, I like people tell the truth. Someone said that about yeah. me. My neighbor said I don't care about the neighbor. I'd say, you know what? I shake my head up and down, going, "There you go. I like it." You know. Yeah. Like, I didn't say I didn't like them. I just said I don't care. I don't care if they like All right. me. Yeah. yeah. I just don't. I don't. Sure. Because you know what? For years. I shoveled their driveway, and this is before I did say that. I would shovel the driveway because I have this really kick-ass snowblower yeah. for years. And then last year, I came home from a, a hockey tournament. Neither of them even did my sidewalk. I don't expect them to do my like driveway. But you know how you, like when I shovel, I go sidewalk to sidewalk right. so I don't stop where my line ends? I mean, yeah. they couldn't even do that for me. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm done. So you stopped you doing know? their stuff? Yeah, I stopped doing their stuff. I'm like, for, dude, it was for years I would help them out because they didn't yeah. have snowblowers. And I'm like, you find out what people are really like. And I was always, like, cool with them. Yeah. You know? It's one thing jealous. if they're older. I have an elderly couple yeah. that live next door no, to dude, us. They're and just I've... jealous because I have a hot wife. Yeah, well. Okay. Sure, uh, sure. Our, guest, our guest went away. Oh, no. He probably – maybe I knew this was going to happen. We said, hey, we're going to – we're going <laughs> to – Yeah. <laughs> maybe – I, I had a feeling that I'm like, maybe we should just do the interview first so he doesn't listen to the show and go, what yeah. the hell am I doing with my life? Oh, man, he was a good guest. I don't know where he is. Hopefully hopefully it was a mistake. No, nah, he's probably uh, like, oh, there's, they're going too uh, long. Yeah. Yeah, oh, maybe he thought he was supposed to be on because he's on mute. And, nah. Um, let me know if he starts coming back. Yeah. Because we're about ready to oh, get Oh, there he right? is. There he oh, is. Okay, okay. Good. All right, is he unmuted? Uh, he will be, so go ahead and introduce him. All right, yeah, so guys, so the guests, uh, like I said, we've been waiting a l- months to have him on. Uh, he is a retired police detective and now author. Um, his name is Scott Morales, author of Strawberry Concrete. Scott Morales, welcome to the show. Welcome to Squirt and Stab. Well, thank you for having me, guys. Uh, it's All been right. interesting so far. Um, <laughs> if I may, if I could just make one little one little um, suggestion here, uh, or make my own little comment about Wonder Woman 84. 
Mm-hmm. I walked out of my own house. <laughs> That's how bad it was for me. So, <laughs> I was gonna say, walk that, out. that is the it best was, review uh, I, of it. Yeah. yeah, that's that sums it up. <laughs> well, good. So, Scott. So here. So we. I've been out there in uh, the uh, internet highway on Facebook is one of the main places. I have a a a Facebook page I use because I didn't. I I discontinued mine i now have my personal one back up but i use it to find interesting guests and i've been dying to look uh, find someone who would discuss um a a theory or something about jfk we still i stumbled upon you and that you were an author of a i guess a fiction book based off real events that took place about the jfk assassination which was almost like a jackpot because it's like a more even a more even more interesting JFK kind of story, right? Because it's a whole it's a whole fictional story based off real events and we got to talking and I thought you'd be great to have on the show. So, thanks again for being here. Um but I guess my first question really for you is, well, I ex- explain to our audience exactly um what strawberry what's what a uh, strawberry concrete is. Well, it's. I heard this term coined a while back called faction, which is a, a, a mixture of fact and fiction. So <clears throat> I did a lot of research on, um, on the 60s, uh, the events that happened during the 1960s uh, from um, assassination, Robert Kennedy's assassination, uh, Marilyn Monroe's death, um, Martin Luther King, the Texas Tower incident in 1966, uh, Vietnam, things like that, which I was a kid in the 60s. So a lot of that was um, me revisiting my childhood and hearing things. And um, I think I when, when Kennedy was assassinated, my mom took a picture of me sitting on a bucket my diaper watching the procession, the funeral procession. And she said that I pointed and said to look at the horsey. Well, the horse that uh, in the procession, uh, there was a black horse with boots turned backwards in the stirrup, which is a sign of a fallen warrior. And uh, I always thought about that picture and it, it, it always intrigued me. And then um my family, my mother and brother, uh, my mother and uncle are both from Austin, Texas. So uh, there's a lot of connection to Texas uh, when I was growing up and we would visit Texas a lot. And it, it always, that time period always seemed to fascinate me. And uh, just over time, I uh, would revisit these ideas and these incidents and was able to coalesce a, a story uh, combining different aspects of the 1960s into a hopefully an enjoyable story that people read, and uh, yeah, it's kind of a conspiracy theory. But I'll, right off the bat, I'll tell you that it's fiction. Um, some people may, you know, scoff at it and say, "Well, this didn't happen this way at all." But from the research that I found, the facts that are in there are, are pretty solid. So I um, just putting them together into a comprehensive and a cohesive form. That was a, the hardest part, but that was the most fun. Right. Yeah. Um, I have to, I'd say, I mean, I wasn't really even expecting that even after speaking to you about it. Uh, some of the, the twists, which I would recommend for people to, to, to get, read the, read the story through. Uh, you guys will know what we're talking, talking about. Um, but I think one thing I can talk about without there being any spoilers is, the main character, well, I guess one of the main characters, uh, Jack LaFleur. Um, now, from our discussion, I have mm-hmm. a feeling, I, I, I have a guess of where you get the idea for Jack, um, but rather than me taking a guess, all that kind of stuff, I, who is there someone in your real life, um, maybe someone you know really, really well, <laughs> maybe in the mirror uh, <laughs> that you look at every day, someone that inspires the character of Jack LaFleur? Well, um, yes, actually. Um, I started out in, um, I grew up in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and I was a sheriff's deputy with the East Baton Rouge Parish Sheriff's Office from uh, 1981 to 1990. And during that time, I 
with dispatch and the prison and patrol and ended up in crime scene and really enjoyed the work. It was um, um, something I always wanted to do. I mean, I grew up on Batman and Adam 12. And, you know, so I was always uh, uh, interested in law enforcement. Mm -hmm. And in 1990, I uh, transferred to Fort Wayne, Indiana, and was with the police department there and worked for about 15 years in patrol and then ended up my last few years working as a, uh, as a detective. So I was able to, uh, to kind of take some of Jack's experience and cultivate it into the, the, the background, my experience and cultivate it in the background for Jack. Um, I actually wrote a book before this one, uh, which hopefully will be coming out soon. Uh, it'll be going to the publisher. And it's called The Unkindest Cut of All, which tells the backstory about Jack and how he ends up going from uh, Baton Rouge investigating a, a group of serial killings and then gets tied up in the politics of it and just quits. Then he moves away. And like I said, I was in Fort Wayne, but I decided that my character, Jack, needed to go someplace other than Fort Wayne. So I created Camp Simmons, Indiana, and that's where he's headquartered. And Camp Simmons is named after um, Jerry Simmons, who was my uh, a good friend and partner that I worked with in Baton Rouge, and he was he was killed in a drug raid back in uh, 1988. Uh. So this is kind of an homage to him. And um, But a lot of the incidents that, that uh, are in the book are fictionalized versions of things that I had gone through. So, yeah, I look in the mirror and I see Jack, although Jack's much better looking and a lot less chubbier than I am. <laughs> well, and, and you know what? And uh, so there's going to be other other Jack Lafleur books. Uh, would you say that there's going to be a whole line of them? What What do you expect as far as with um, what's your what's kind of your vision for that? Uh, the next one coming out will be the unkindest cut of all. Then uh, the larger crime, which is about oh. a, a terrorist bombing in a mall, and then the fourth one is going to have a little bit of a of a science fiction twist to it. Um, I'm not sure what the, um, what the name of that's going to be, but it's going to deal with a, uh, a serial killing uh, or a serial killer that was in Cleveland, Ohio between 1935 and 1938. Mm. Uh, that was investigated by Elliot Ness, the untouchable. Okay. Um, this killer killed 12 people. Uh, they only identified three. He was never caught, and it destroyed Elliot Ness's career. Um, so that's going to be – there's at least four books that I have outlined right now with uh, Jack as a main character. That's awesome. Uh, but getting back to this one, where where exactly did you get the idea for your book, Strawberry Concrete? <laughs> like I said, I was always fascinated with the assassination, and um, – my uncle was uh, was involved with the um, uh, with the Kennedy administration. Um, he worked uh, with the White House, and he also worked with Austin Police Department. So uh, there was a direct tie to that. Um, back in 1976, they filmed a, a movie in Baton Rouge called The Deadly Tower, which was a, a reenactment of the um, – uh, the Texas Tower shooting, and it had Kurt Russell and Parnell Roberts and a lot of actors from the 70s were in it, and we were down there every day watching them film it, and it was just fascinating. Um, uh, the detail of what happened was just fascinating, and I always been intrigued by uh, the Charles Whitman, who was the sniper in the, uh, the Tower incident in 1966, uh, why he did what he did. What was his motivations? Um, apparently, when he died, uh, he, actually before he died, he wrote out a letter asking that they do an autopsy on him because he had had some real aberrant behavior and he didn't understand why. So when they did do an autopsy, they did find that he had a, um, a tumor on his frontal lobe. So they don't know if that actually caused his behavior, but um, it may have contributed to it. So using that background with uh, Whitman 
And then the, the assassination itself, uh, with all the twists and turns and all the people that people have suspected over time, um, I've always had my theory about it that, uh, and, you know, just be blatantly honest, I believe that it was, uh, uh, that Lyndon Johnson was, and that's kind of uh, how the book is leaning toward. Right. So obviously you were, you were very captivated with the story of Charles Whitman prior to even writing this book. Um, so obviously there was some kind of a, I'm not say a connection because that would make it sound like you're connected to some kind of murderer, right? Or, or someone that may have even had a, an, just a, a, a mental or a physical issue that caused him to do this. But what would you, so is this something when you, you were you inspired to put the whole, uh, to add this whole Charles Whitman element into your story from an actual real theory you had then? Or was it more or less, you know, hey, this is going to be for entertainment purposes and something that could have happened? Um, uh, the first time I really got, I thought about Whitman was uh, when I went to the police academy. Um, his shooting... Uh, from the top of the bell tower on the University of Texas uh, campus was really the first uh, shocking uh, event of the 1960s. You had the Kennedy, you had the Kennedys assassinated, and um, well, Bobby wasn't wasn't assassinated to 68, but you had JFK, and you had the start of the Vietnam War. And then in 66, Whitman doing this totally shocked the nation. Um, it caught the police flat. They had no way of responding to this. Uh, they were trying to shoot at him with revolvers and shotguns, and they were getting nowhere close. It got to a point where some of the hunters showed up with their uh, hunting rifles and began shooting at uh, Whitman, keep him pinned down. And then the police went into the... Uh, into the gun stores and grabbed ammunition and rifles and uh, began firing back. Uh, so it was the the incident was solved by uh, two police officers and a civilian that went up and shot Whitman. But this was kind of the impetus for SWAT teams uh, to have uh, special weapons and tactical unit that would respond to something like this and. Uh, as a young police officer, it intrigued me that that this was the the genesis of what we know today as as you know tactical officers and, and having combat rifles and everything like that. So it was um, it was interesting. His story was interesting enough for me to want to follow, and he was just a very. He started out as a very interesting individual. Uh, he was the youngest Eagle Scout. In uh, I believe Texas history, he was a accomplished pianist when he was in his teens. He um, uh, was really brilliant. He went to the Marine Corps against his father's wishes, um, and got into Officer Candidate School. So they paid for his his uh, scholarship to go to the University of Texas. Well, this is where things started going downhill with him because while he was on campus, he ended up poaching a deer. Um, off campus and then took it back to his dorm room and gutted and cleaned it in his in his shower. Well, he was arrested for it, and because he was charged, he ended up losing his scholarship and um, uh, had to go back to being basically a, a grunt Marine, which he was disen disenchanted with the Marine Corps by then. Wow. And then he's, he, he really had a downhill slide from there. And one thing happened that something that, that that I didn't even realize until I really started doing research on him. He was he was charged with what's called usury, where basically he was a loan shark. Somebody come up, borrow twenty bucks, and okay, fine, but you have to pay me back thirty five, you know. And if you don't, I'm gonna break your kneecaps. So he would do that with some of the Marines on, on base. And um he got to a point where um he was arrested, he spent ninety days in the uh in the, the stockade. Um, or the brig. And um, when he got out, coming home one night, he got bushwhacked by about five or six of his former clients. And they beat him bad enough. I mean, kicked him in the head with steel toe boots, 
put him in the hospital for a couple of weeks. And then it was after that he started experiencing headaches. And I believe is what what triggered his behavior because his, his entire personality changed. He became violent. He began um, having visions of shooting people from an elevated position, um, d- different things like that. And yeah. it, to me, was particularly that one thing about him having visions of shooting someone from an elevated position. That really stayed with me. And I was able to incorporate that into the book and um, to tie it into other events. Hmm. Wow. So uh, when you write a book like this and you're getting published, does a publisher ever tell you or warn you that because of the content, the maybe someone from the government's going to reach out to you or somebody is going to be interested in, in having an interview with you before this is released or discuss some of the information you have. How did you get this information? Anything like that? And did any of that happen? No, none of that happened because everything I found, um, I'm able to document from outside public sources. I mean, from published books, I think I read about nine books on, uh, on, um, uh, the assassination, the 1960s, uh, the different, uh, things that were going on as well as everything I could find online. Um, and there was plenty of rabbit holes went to. There was, I probably left out a good 50 pages of notes that I could have put in that I decided not to, because it just would have slowed down the story. Um, but I, I make it clear that this is, it's a work of fiction. It's, um, you know, people said, well, you know, how can you talk about some of the people and say definitively, some of the things that you're saying is pretty detrimental to them. Well, you can't defame the dead. Um, that's kind of a legal, a legal standard. So um, everyone that is involved is is deceased. So there's not like, you know, um, I look at people like, um, um, oh, the guy that does Pulp Fiction. Um, uh, uh, Tarantino? Right now. What's, uh, Quentin Tarantino? Yeah. I mean, he can do Once Upon a Time. Right, Quentin Tarantino. Once upon a time in Hollywood, he can totally change up where, where uh, um, you know Charles uh, uh, Mar- uh, Charles Manson doesn't kill, uh, you know the people that he does, and uh, then he then you've got the Oliver Stone with JFK and his version, you know you've got people that have uh, and Tarantino again with the uh, Inglorious Bastards, you know I mean <laughs> they kill Hitler in there, you know right. there's always a way of fictionalizing things. And as long as your facts are, are, your facts are solid and what I, what I've done when I talk about writing faction is would find a factual event, factual events such as Whitman, uh, poaching the deer and gutting it. Okay. And he was charged with that. So that's factual that you can find that anywhere. Although you can't find anywhere in history where he shot the deer from. So in my book, I hypothesized that he shot it off of Lyndon Johnson's ranch, and that's how the two of them met. So unless you can show me a fact that says that they never met and that that was not shot on Lyndon Johnson's ranch, I think I'm on pretty secure ground. So um, as long as you're able to to logically, and that's one thing, being a detective, you have to put a, you have to put together a case, and you have to have a logical series of events that fills in all the questions when it comes to a charging information on someone. So basically in my book, I put together charging information from available facts. And, um, although, like I said, it's fiction, I made the whole thing up. So, um, the fictional parts, factual, they stand on their own. Yeah. I, you know, that's a great analogy with the, the Hollywood, um, gosh, what's the name of it? The movie you just, Quentin Tarantino movie. Uh, what's the name of that movie? You Once just upon said, a time in Hollywood. Yeah, I thought that movie was great. I I thought that was yeah. such a great spin mm-hmm. on it. I, I caught me off guard at the end. I'm like, oh my god! I thought they were actually telling the true story, which they kind of did. Um, do you ever have um, any ambition or any desire to have your book uh, turned into a movie? 
I've had a couple people that have read it said this would make a great movie. Um, I'm not sure. I, I would love. I would love to. I'd love to have it turn into a movie. Um, it would. Um, with the framing story with Jack LaFleur and uh, finding the um, um, basically, and it's just, just in the spoiler, but basically he, he finds a body that's been buried for 50 years and this leads him to start the whole investigation. So, you know, you would have to have your framing story and then the whole retelling of the assassination and all. So yeah, it, it would be, it would be interesting. Uh, mm -hmm to see how they would do something like that. Um, and, jeez, uh, ah, I don't know who I'd get to play me. <laughs> Although my wife says I look like Colin Powell. I don't think he'd be available then. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, that, that would be, that would be fun. Uh, definitely to go through that <laughs> whole thing. Um, now, now with this whole move with you having this, I mean, when you read, read through this whole, to read the book, a lot of it makes a lot of sense, right? Like in a way where I'm Googling mm -hmm. stuff as I've finished reading for the day, I'm looking like, oh my God, like, is this an actual, because there's nothing that says that, th that this is even like a theory. Um, do you think that there's a possible cover-up? Do you think people actually know the truth behind the JFK assassination? Or do you think that they're being as transparent as possible and they just don't know? I don't think that we'll ever know the truth. I really don't. Um, it was such, you know, here we are, what, 60 years later talking about it. It was such a, uh, um, a earth shattering event at the time right. that it people, you know, the thing of it is, if you look at this story and then you look at the last say 15 years of, uh, politics in this country um with things that have that we know now um that may have occurred or we believe may have occurred um i i feel like that the there is some things that will that we'll never know and that there have been some cover-up um involved in that i mean just a, it, on on my um uh i just got my website up actually um but there is a, um, a list of um, uh, dividing facts from the fiction. And um, in doing so, I try and go through and it's not conclude or, or comprehensive. It doesn't cover everything. But there are some things that um, if you do research, you'll find that. Uh, and again, I'm going back to um, uh, the involvement of who was involved in the assassination. And I... People will will really go after the movie JFK, which yeah, it's fanciful and yeah, it's. Uh, I I remember when Jim Garrison um, did all the the trials and everything because I was down in Baton Rouge at the time, and um, but one thing that that came clear to me is, and being a detective, is who profits um, from someone's death, um, who has a motive. And who would have the opportunity, you know? So if you're looking at profit, I mean, just a couple of things that, that were mentioned is that, um, uh, and I read this at a couple different sources, that on November 22nd, 1963, at 1 o'clock in the afternoon in Washington, D.C., a Senate subcommittee was going to open up an investigation on Lyndon Johnson for corruption, for um, uh voter fraud. Uh, he could have been facing impeachment, if not criminal charges. Well, 1230 that day, boom, JFK is killed. Johnson is made president. And you never heard anything about that again. Um, another so, incident. And, is, so let me, uh, let me, let me, uh, let me Johnson stop you there. Went, let me stop you there though. Like, yeah. so do you feel that sure. we don't know because people actually do know and they're not, they're withholding the information or do you think that people just don't have the information of what really happened? I think that all the people who do know are gone now. The, the secret died with them. Um, I mean, there's, I don't know if people would be foolish enough to leave a paper trail and leave behind things. I mean, you know, they have the, 
the the JFK files that are supposed to be sealed. I don't know for like 50 years after the uh, or 60 years after the assassination, and they're supposed to be open. I think they were supposed to be open um, in uh, uh, 2017, 2018, something like that. But um, only a little bit was released. It wasn't everything. So, but I don't think you're going to find a smoking gun. I don't think you're going to find something that says yes, he did it, because um, I don't think people believe it anyway, right now. Um, right. If unless it comes from an independent source, something outside the government, um, I really feel that people would be hard pressed to believe it, particularly with all the the uh, theories on the internet. Everybody has a theory about you know from aliens to time travelers to the Cubans to the F, you know the FBI, CIA, mafia. So it's so muddled that even if you had the actual truth, that it would be lost in the shuffle and it would just go right. on and people would stick to their pet theories right. and uh, and not believe it. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of things that lead to when you even watch something else, also they'll say this is why JFK was killed. This is why the CIA had him killed. Like, you know, Project mm-hmm. Blue Book uh, with the UFOs. Everyone, there's theories, you know, right. the, the theory that he was going to, give information about the true information, the real reality of UFOs and, you know, disclose the information. And, uh, it was, you know, all these kind of things. So it is very interesting. You're probably right. Who knows? We'll never, maybe we'll never know. Maybe it's cause it just doesn't seem like what we, we know now isn't exactly what happened, but you know, what, what are you going to do? I'll tell so, you what, my, I mean, but your story, I mean, I feel I feel like your story is about as accurate as what we know is the what really happened in history books. <laughs> well, you know that's true because um, uh, if if you follow the trail of evidence, um, you can come to your own conclusions, and that's kind of what I did here. And um, uh, creating a story that I, I hope is entertaining, I hope will keep people riveted from from. Uh, chapter to chapter and we'll um you know want them to come back for more and and tell a good story that's the thing you know that the, that you tell a good story and you have people will have these aha moments like oh my god you know i, I never realized that um and catch them off guard that's the that's the kind of thing um that that really makes me feel good i had a, a friend of mine who's a also a retired detective he read it and he sent me a text in the middle of the night and said, Oh my God, blah. <laughs> the plot point. I'm like, Oh, you got there. He goes, I never saw it coming. So it, uh, uh, something like that is, uh, that makes you, as a writer, you feel like you've done your, you've done your job. You know, you, you, you brought the reader along and you've had a satisfied conclusion. Yeah. Well, hey, how about, uh, well, excuse me there. Uh, so Scott, tell everybody where they can purchase your book. Um, if they're, what kind of, uh, I guess, what kind of applications, what, what websites, where can they go and, and get your book, uh, whether they listen to it online or, or read it online or to get a, a an actual hard copy. It's uh, it is available on Amazon. It's available on Barnes and Noble on target, um, on their, uh, their websites. It's also available on a couple of different, um, foreign websites which i was unaware of um i have a um, it's available in ebook as well as paperback and we should have the audio book will be released by the end of february um so if nice. um uh like my like my my, my mom has problems reading so she's going to get the audio book and she's 92 so um <laughs> she's going to listen to it but um it, it's available um and uh, i I have a website on uh, GoDaddy. It's uh, writer Scott Morales. I'm sorry, author Scott Morales at GoDaddy.com, um, and I have presence on uh, Browsey. Um, oh, where else? Uh, Solakick, uh, Weemy. Uh, I have a Facebook page, um, writer Scott Morales, and I am also on Instagram. So you can go any of those places and uh, keep up with me. I'm gonna be letting know letting you know about the um the other books that are coming out and um uh we'll see where it goes from there 
Awesome. Well, again, Scott, thank you very much uh, for uh, being our guest. Uh, the, the story is awesome. It's very unique. It's not your typical, I guess, factious faction movie. I guess it was a, or a book. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> it's not fiction, but it's based off. It's fiction, but based off fact. Um, guys, go go purchase this book. Uh, give it a read. Um, I think it's uh, definitely well worth the read. Well, I appreciate it, and I appreciate y'all taking the time to uh, to interview me. Uh, this is really yeah. great. You guys are uh, listen to a couple of your shows, and uh, and to hear you um, hear what you guys cut up, y'all, you're awesome. Well, thank you very well, thank much. You. Uh, yeah, uh, everyone, go get uh, go read it. Strawberry Concrete, uh, written by Scott Morales. Go on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, uh, whatever you're comfortable with. Get your copy today. Thanks again, Scott, for joining us today. And uh, I look forward to reading more uh, Jack LaFleur um, books. And I uh, wish you the best of luck. Thank you very much. And uh, y'all be safe out there, guys. Awesome. Thank you very you much. Thank you. All right. All right. All right. So that was Scott Morales. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. So. What do you think of all this, Tony? I love me a good conspiracy. Um, I love alternative fiction, so it's all good to me. Yeah, so, yeah, people go read it. Um, but, yeah, yeah I, I mean, guess... Uh, and the assassination of JFK is still one of those things. It's, you know, still talked about today and still thought about, and you know. So, yeah, it's it's always interesting to get a different perspective on things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, all right, man. Well, uh, I'm not sure if you have anything else, but if not, man, why don't you send us off into back yeah. uh, into the cloud or wherever we came from? Back into the basement. Heck Again, yeah. you can uh, contact us at scorchestab at gmail.com. Uh, Pat claims to have a Facebook page. Um, other than at, that. At scorchestab. Scorchestab. Heck yeah. It just goes from scorchestab. <laughs> 